Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company, and you can visit the website and find out more. Visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Naples Illustrated, bringing you infinite luxury lifestyles. The website is naplesillustrated.com. We've got great guests for today's show, including Pastor Rick Stevens. He's the co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. We'll visit with Byron Donalds, our state representative and candidate for U.S. Congress. Just received a nice endorsement for the Club for Growth. Uh, Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government, will be joining us. And Ellen Prager, she is a marine scientist, and she's written a couple of books. Dangerous Earth is her latest, and Oceans, which I found to be so informative. Always appreciate her informed uh, commentary. We'll visit with Ellen Prager as well. It is June the 18th, and on this day in history, in 1812, the day after the Senate followed the House of Representatives in voting in to declare war against Great Britain, President James Madison signed the declaration into law, and the War of 1812 began. The American War, opposed by a sizable minority in Congress, had been called in response to the British economic blockade of France, the induction of American seamen into British Royal Navy against their will, and the British support of Indian tribes along the Great Lakes frontier. A faction of Congress known as the War Hawks had been advocating war with Britain for several years and had not been hidden their hopes that a U.S. invasion of Canada might result in significant territorial land gains for the United States. In the months after President Madison proclaimed the state of war to be in effect, American forces launched a three-point invasion into Canada, all of which were decisively unsuccessful. In 1814, with Napoleon Bonaparte's French Empire collapsing, the British were able to allocate more military resources to the American War, and Washington, D.C. fell in the, uh, to the British in August. In Washington, British troops burned the White House, the Capitol, the Library of Congress, and other buildings in retaliation for the earlier burning of government buildings in Canada by U.S. soldiers. In September, the tide of the war turned when Thomas McDonough's American naval force won a decisive victory at the Battle of Plattsburgh Bay on Lake Champlain. Uh, the invading British Army was forced to retreat back into Canada. The American victory on Lake Champlain led to the conclusion of the U.S.-British uh, peace negotiations in Belgium. And on December the 24th, 1814, the Treaty of Ghent was uh, formally signed, ending the War of 1812 by the Terms Agreement. All conquered territory was to be returned, and a commission would be established to settle the boundary of the United States and Canada. Uh, now, British forces assailing the Gulf Coast were not informed of the treaty in the time, and on J January the 8th, 1815, just think about who's traveled at that time, the U.S. forces under Andrew Jackson achieved the greatest American victory of the war at the Battle of New Orleans. Now, this is after the war was over. The American public heard of the Jackson's victory at the Treaty of Ghent at approximately the same time, fostering a greater sentiment of self-confidence and shared identity throughout the young republic. Just think about it, 1812, that was many years after our founding, again, uh, winning the war of 1812 against the British. Well, let's just a little update here on what's happening with COVID-19. The Florida Department of Health said there are no new deaths and 88 new cases of COVID-19 in Collier County. Uh, that is as of yesterday. The death toll is at 60, remains there, according to the state. Confirmed COVID cases in Collier has increased to 2,817 276 folks have gone to the hospital, although many of them have been released from the hospital. Total test is 26,752, and that's going up by 1,000 or two every day. Um, my hypothesis is that's why we're seeing so many new cases, not only in Collier County, but around the country in Florida, because testing is dramatically increased on a daily basis, certainly one month over the last and the consequences, you're having more positive outcomes, probably most folks asymptomatic. Now, of course, we can see that by hospitalizations uh, only uh, at a couple of hundred, 276. 
Well, a, a new Amazon distribution center could be coming to Collier County. Commissioners last week agreed that an online retail giant's planned project known as a last-mile distribution facility is a com- comparable and compatible use on roughly 18 acres designated for commercial development at the southwest corner of David Davis and Collier Boulevards, where the shell of an unoccupied shopping center has stood for years. The proposed distribution center used to receive packages, uh, sort them, and deliver them to customers would be housed in a newly constructed 105,000-square-foot building at 8760 Davis Boulevard, according to the documents. So the uh, Collier zoning staff wrote that the proposed Amazon facility would operate similarly to a nearby Walmart retail store with only minor differences. And so the commissioners, looks like they're going to approve it. It's going to move forward. And uh, that's going to create a lot of jobs and a lot of opportunity here in Cuyahoga County. Well, with an average audience of 4 million viewers, Fox News Channel's Tucker Carlson finished the week on June 8th through June 14th as the most watched host in all of cable news, despite the decision by some advertisers to abandon his program over comments Carlson made about the Black Lives Matter movement. Last week, Carlson drew criticism for remarks he made about Black Lives Matter, saying that this may be a lot. There may be a lot of things. This movement, this moment we are living through, but it's definitely not about Black Lives. And remember that when they come for you, and at that rate, they certainly will. At this rate, they certainly will. So, uh, <clears throat> and of course, he's basically saying they are, this is fully political. And uh, black li- it's not about black lives. It's all about uh, overthrowing the power of the, cur- the current situation in the United States. It's uh, revolution. It's rebellion. And for saying that, of course, advertisers have threatened to withdraw. But the point being is he is speaking uh, truth to power. I watch Tucker Carlson, Linda and I do, every night. It's a c- terrific program. And if you haven't tuned in at 8 o'clock on Fox Channel, you certainly should because uh, he's one of the few that really follows up with commentary that really makes a difference. Well, former Vice President Joe Biden is picking up another endorsement in his presidential bid. Planned Parenthood Action Fund offered its support for the presumptive Democratic presidential nominee on Monday. In a statement, Alex McGill Johnson, the acting president of Planned Parenthood Action Fund, said Joe Biden is the only candidate in this race who will stand up for our health and our rights. Of course, in my view, Planned Parenthood could care about health and rights. This election, we have a choice between Donald Trump, who is in, whose incompetence and disregard for the law are a danger to us all, and Joe Biden, who is committed to fighting for reproductive health and rights for all. What double talk that is, huh? In a video announcing the endorsement, Biden said he supports the constitutional right to choose and said he would roll back restrictions on Planned Parenthood funding. Some of those restrictions include a regulation issued by the Department of Health and Human Services that prohibits family planning clinics that receive federal funding for providing privately funded abortions. Biden has previously said he no longer supports the Hyde Amendment, which prevents Medicaid from paying for the abortions. As president, I'm going to do everything in my power to expand access to quality, affordable health care for women, especially women of color, he said. So that's so interesting, thinking of... uh, uh, killing little babies before they're born, black babies, and supporting Black Lives Matter. Isn't there a certain degree of irony there? I certainly think there is. Nevertheless, uh, Planned Parenthood, uh, and you know what, I'm a libertarian. I actually support uh, people's right to make a decision about their own bodies. But the question is, when does life begin? And the more we learn from science, the earlier I think it begins, uh, beginning to think it starts at inception. So, uh, in any event, uh, perhaps that's my aging. I'm not exactly sure, but certainly women should have a right uh, to make decisions about their body, but not somebody else's. And if uh, uh, there's a conceived life that is living in, their, in her body, uh, I, we, there has to be a line someplace by when it begins to be murder. Well, Republican South Carolina ten, uh, Senator Tim Scott slammed Democrat Illinois Senator Dick Durbin for referring to his police reform legislation as a token hours after it was introduced Wednesday. 
Let's not do something that's a token, half-hearted approach, Durbin said in the second-highest-ranking Senate Democrat. He said during a speech about Scott's legislation, Scott responded shortly after uh, Durbin's remark, asking if the Democratic colleagues are still wearing those Kente clothes over there. (laughs) Scott's tweet came after a fact-checker said Tuesday that the Kente clothes that Democrats wore in Florida Georgia's death were historically worn by empire involved in the West African slave trade. Scott responded June 10th in the criticism he received for drafting uh, police reform legislation after the death of George Floyd. Not surprising, the last 24 hours have seen a lot of token boy or you're being used in my mentions. Let me get this straight. You don't want the person who has faced racial profiling by police, been pulled over dozens of times, or even speaking out for years drafting this, Scott said on Twitter. And uh, don't throw your uh, the only black guy they know at me either. They're not two black Democrat senators. Uh, stop pretending there's some huge racial diversity gap in the Senate. Ask my uh, Senate uh, Democrat colleagues what their staff looks like. I guarantee you they won't answer, Scott continued, meaning that, of course, they're all white. Uh, Unbelievable. Scott and Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell introduced legislation in a press conference Wednesday morning, uh, which comes up just one day after President Trump signed an executive order on police reform. Well, there's more to talk about, but we're going to go to our first guest now. Uh, Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Pastor Rick Stevens. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. Also by Naples Illustrated, bringing you infinite luxury lifestyles. The website is naplesillustrated.com. We're going to have more here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Shore Playhouse is passionately committed to enriching our cultural landscape by producing professional theater to the highest artistic standards with six full productions this season. But did you know that Gulf Shore Playhouse brings unique theater education programs and opportunities for children, teens, and adults alike? Education is a vital component of Gulf Shore Playhouse's mission, providing programs aimed at enriching the lives of our children, teens, and students of all ages. Each offering provides real-life skills and learning experiences that are invigorating, nurturing, and readily accessible to every member of our community thanks to the scholarships and reduced-price programming for our region's most deserving students. From in-school residencies and pre-professional theater training to community partnerships, audience engagement, and student matinees, the goal is to inspire creativity, encourage self-expression, and support the blossoming of self-confidence, collaboration, and a deep appreciation for the arts. With each passing year, Golf Show Playhouse continues to touch the lives of tens of thousands of students throughout Southwest Florida. Isn't it time that a young person in your life finds out more? For more information about student camps and the Teen Conservatory, visit the website golfshoreplayhouse.org. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host... Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best. And the season is posted right now, the productions for next season. You can go to get tickets at golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Ellen Prager. She's a marine scientist 
Right now we have with us Pastor Rick Stevens, uh, founder, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. Pastor Rick, thank you so much for joining us. Always a pleasure, Bob. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure indeed. Hey, I just want to do a little shout-out to you and to the Florida Citizens Alliance for the uh, forum that you hosted for a virtual forum for uh, candidates for Collier County and Districts uh, 1. It was, I think it's District 1 and 5, if I'm not mistaken, uh, just this uh, yeah. past week. I thought it was so yeah. informative, and I'm just going to encourage our listeners to go to your website, flcaction.org, flcaction.org, to take a look at it, because if you're in District one or five there's differences in the candidates and you need to understand that oh that's that's so true and it, and it, it came out in the forum and uh, and we should also make sure we don't overlook that we really appreciate you helping us out as one of our moderators um, that that was really kind of you and it was it really helped to have your perspective in that but voters often will say and, and i'm sure you've heard it we sometimes hear people say it to each other there's really no difference in the candidates. Why does it really matter? Mm -hmm. They're just a little discouraged by the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Well, we understand the discouragement, but we also know, because we've been up close and, and working on these things with candidates for various offices, there really is a difference between the candidates. It really does matter who you vote for. And we like to think, and, and I think we succeed, that these forums that we do really help people see those differences. And we try to, we try to work on the, the issues that matter, to, to people right now, but we also try to, to help surface how the candidates think. Mm -hmm. Because one of the things we learned early on is that we never can tell exactly what issues are going to come up for decisions right. during the course of someone's term in office. And so it's really important for us to understand what are the foundational values and principles that drive their decision-making. Mm -hmm. And because that's going to matter at some point, and, and these forums really help people get get to those those foundational things so yes go to the website flcaction.org watch that board of collier county commissioner candidate forum it, it is very informative and very insightful absolutely um, i think people would really benefit from that and while they're there we've also done forums for the the congressional district 19 race we've done two of them already both of those are on that same website flcaction.org yeah and people can watch those and we're going to do one more so and there's differences in those candidates, too. So, Well, you'll hear uh, about it on this show. I'll certainly uh, be uh, following up and making sure that our listeners are aware of what's going on because they are extremely informed. I, when I watched the one on the uh, District 19 candidates, it just really impacted me how, you know, you see the commercials that impacts you one way, but you see the people in, you know, in, in person talking about the issues. Totally different experience. So uh, you're doing a great it, service. It really is. You're doing a great service to the community, so thank you for that. So let's move to your to your other fo focus, uh, which is education in, in Florida, and you're doing a great job in representing uh, parents as well as students on a lot of the important issues. Uh, any update? Well, we really are trying to, to think like parents and students and address their concerns, and, and uh, it's so interesting that just yesterday, from a friend of mine, I received a picture from a teacher that was a teacher distributed. This is a teacher in Denver. I don't know if it's happening in Florida. We haven't seen this, but I'm pretty sure you could find examples about a summer reading list, and it's described as books for young activists. Hmm. And I and I looked at that and I thought, now wait a minute, what happened to reading, writing, and arithmetic? Hmm. I thought that's what we were trying to help our kids learn. Mm -hmm. But this teacher was all excited about these books that would turn young children, and you can see that by the nature of the books, into young activists. And I thought, dear me, mm -hmm. uh, it's no wonder we're having the struggles we're having in our country if we're teaching children to be activists instead of helping them learn the basic skills they need for life. Yeah, uh, It was just beyond bizarre. Uh, can you give us that. a couple examples of uh, titles, or uh, is that... Well, uh, yeah, I went to their website and, uh, and looked at... And if people want to see for themselves, I'm not trying to promote them and I don't really think people understand this as promotion, but, but it was put together by a group called the Book Wrangler, and uh, one of them has um, training on sit-ins. Uh, for example, it's in the title of the, of the book of, of teaching the kids about sit-ins. One is just a, a generic one about uh, activists. One is said, uh, you're mighty, you know, you need to go out there. And one is enough, you know, with fists in the air, uh, as well as some other more more, uh, how would I say, concerning things that were on their website. 
that weren't on this particular reading list. But uh, the parents need to really be paying attention. I'm sure they have been because of this, uh, the, the schools being shut down with COVID. But uh, we really want to encourage, because there are good alternatives out there. You don't have to be confined to that. For yeah. example, some probably people in your audience are familiar with Classical Conversations. And they have a digital camp for children that parents can sign up for. One fee covers all of the kids in the family, and it gives them fun things to do during the summer that will help support what they've learned while they're having fun do it. And it's right there on our other website, the FloridaCitizensAction.com or GoFLCA.com. Uh, that's GoFLCA.com. Mm-hmm. And they can sign up for that camp, and it's a great alternative, and it keeps kids focused on the things they need to learn. Uh, so much better for them than activist books. I, I, you know, almost makes your head explode if you know what I mean. It's kind of like public schools all of a sudden are becoming the minor leagues for protests and Black Lives Matter. It's a, that's kind of the, the the picture that I have in my mind. It's just that's really concerning, isn't it? I mean, it's uh, well, you sit, take well, a look. it is. Uh, I, I firmly believe that what we're seeing on the streets of the United States uh, are a product of uh, the lack of good education for the last couple of generations in our public schools. I think that's very obvious. And there are people that are saying we've lost two generations of our children mm-hmm. because we haven't taught them to think and to understand all the implications of things. They're, they're being, and I, I think your description of the minor leagues for activists is, is, is terribly true i mean yeah. how, how can we let our schools become this they're supposed to be working for us for the taxpayers for the parents not for some other agenda and uh, there are some good alternatives good solutions to that on our website and i'd encourage people to go there not only for this summer but classical conversations has an alternative um, approach to education where parents can homeschool their children with a lot of support parents are sometimes concerned well i don't know how to do that Groups like Classical Conversations helps the parents. There's another one that's on our website, Freedom Project Academy. They do the same thing. They're absolutely, they have teachers that help the parents and support what's going on. And it, it's really urgent if you, if you have any opportunity to consider an alternative for your children. We want to encourage people to do that because uh, we, we can't risk losing the hearts and minds of our kids to people who want to turn them into activists for their agenda. Yeah, so well said. And I, I'd point out also, this is not just for local. If you have grandchildren in other states, all this information applies no matter where you live. If I'm, if I'm, am I correct on that, uh, Pastor? Oh, Ray? absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. Uh, these these groups, Classical Conversations and Freedom Project Academy, are national groups. They are well respected. They promote classical education that some of us are are really convinced helps kids. They have uh, a foundation of Judeo-Christian values, so you don't have to worry that they're going to get some kind of twisted Marxist ideology. It, it's really ed- an education you can be confident in and that your, your children will love. I yeah. mean, kids love learning this stuff. They love knowing things, and uh, this helps them know things, and we want them to know things, the right things. That's right. Pastor Rick, I just genuinely appreciate your commentary. I didn't uh, ask you to uh, tell us about the Florida Citizens Alliance, but I'm going to encourage our listeners to go to the website, uh, goflca.com, goflca.com, and find out more. And, of course, as I mentioned uh, before, the uh, the website for the, uh, the uh, forums is uh, flcaction.org, flcaction.org. Pastor Rick, always a pleasure to get your commentary. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Bob. My, My pleasure, pleasure indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with uh, Byron Donalds, our state representative, that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere 
that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Do you have an extra auto you'd like to donate to charity? Maximize your tax deduction, support your favorite charity, and help a local child in need by calling Naples Auto Donation Center. Naples Auto Donation Center is a not-for-profit licensed car dealer. Just call NADC at 692-9840 and they'll take it from there. You get a properly documented tax deduction for whatever the vehicle actually sells for. Your designated beneficiary charity gets half the profit after fix-up costs and the net revenue generated by NADC goes to Friends of Foster Children to provide tutoring and other enrichment activities for foster children the government doesn't provide. And NADC is also one of the few places in Collier County that sells inexpensive cars that actually run to folks who would otherwise not be able to afford one. It's a real win-win. Call Naples Auto Donation Center at 692-9840 or visit the website nadckids.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability, creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. And a lot of new initiatives also created because of COVID-19 that just do a terrific job. I proudly serve on the board. $12 million budget each year. This organization is only eight or nine years old, uh, doing terrific work across the United States uh, to help with policy and programs. You can find out more by visiting thefga.org, thefga.org. Well, Senator Josh Hawley is a Republican from Missouri. Uh, Wednesday would introduce legislation that will give consumers grounds to sue companies like Facebook or Twitter, now this is really important information, over accusations of selective censorship of political speech. The legislation is the latest attack on online platforms' legal protections for liability over content posted by users and comes after President Trump signed the executive order taking aim at protections in May. The uh, Limiting Section 230 Immunity to Good Samaritans Act would prevent major online companies from receiving the protections of Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act unless they revise their terms of service to include pledges to operate in good faith and details of their content moderation policies, according to Hawley's office. Now, Section 230 protects website operators from lawsuits over user-generated content and empowers them to moderate content without losing the legal protection. Under Holly's bill, users who believe the uh, provider is not operating in good faith by consistently and fairly applying its content rules could sue for $5,000 and attorney's fees. The bill is also sponsored by Republican Senators Marco Rubio, uh, Mike Braun, and Tom Cotton, uh, this, I think it's just a terrific uh, piece of legislation. In fact, we're going to talk more about this with uh, Seat Motley, the founder and president of Less Government, here in the next segment. The legislation would only apply to websites or, or mobile apps with more than 30 million users in the United States in a month or 300 million worldwide in a month and would uh, more than $1.5 billion in global revenue. Of course, that limits it probably to uh, organizations like uh, Facebook, Twitter, and the like. Uh, but I think it's just badly needed. Of course, privacy legislation is needed as well. Well, two police officers were charged in the fatal shooting of Rayshard Brooks. Uh, of course, that would happen in Atlanta near the Wendy's there. Uh, District Attorney Paul Howard announced on Wednesday that the warrants will be issued in the case involving Garrett Rolfe, the officer who fired the handgun three times while he was chasing Brooks outside of Wendy's restaurant, and Devin Brosnan, the officer who arrived on the scene first, uh, Rolfe will face 13, 11 charges, including felony murder, and he could face life in prison, life without parole, or even the death penalty if convicted, Howard said in a conference in, Wednesday, on, uh, in Atlanta. Brosnan, who was charged with aggravated assault, is cooperating with the investigation. This is all so sad. And, uh, basically, what I, how I put this together and what I see 
is uh, I actually see someone like George Soros, and I believe it's probably him and organizations like his, are funding a couple of things. One, number one is Black Lives Matter and all the orchestrated uh, violence and looting that's happening around the United States, people who are breaking the law. But the other thing that's happening that's a little bit more subtle and out of uh, the limelight I uh, had Michael O'Keefe, who's a district attorney on from Massachusetts, on the show uh, a couple of weeks ago. And he was pointing out and, and agreeing that there are some district attorneys across the nation who have agreed. They're, first of all, they're elected officials, so they run for office. They're being, their uh, candidacy is being funded by organizations like George Soros's. And uh, what they do is they agree not to uphold the law. Things like uh, they won't punish for uh, theft of anything in a store, for example, of less than $300. Uh, they, you've heard about these bail release things that are going on in the uh, state of New York and New York City. That's all, that's all orchestrated, I believe, by uh, organizations so of, like uh, George Soros's. So the whole idea is that, number one, you have, create violence, you create disorder in the, in the uh, United States through Black Lives Matter and other organizations and the protests, looting and violence that you're seeing around the United States. And then you have people in place like district attorneys across the nation who won't enforce the law. So what's going to be the outcome of that? It's the, the, it is an attempt to disrupt our civilization. It is bad, and uh, we need to get to the bottom of it. My hope is that Bill Barr, our Attorney General, is going to uh, pursue these uh, people uh, who are creating this looting and violence, and hopefully they will agree, the uh, plea bargain, whatever it might take to go up the food chain so they can seek out uh, the people who are, are financing this, because it takes money. There's no question about that. It takes money to do this, and it takes money to elect these uh, district attorneys. It takes money to finance this violence that's happening across the United States. And I believe uh, if Bill Barr, our attorney general, can go up the food chain, perhaps he can finally seek out. Uh, and I realize there's a lot of corporate protections and corporate veils and all types of things that can protect people from prosecution. But I'm hoping that somehow, some way, the wheels of justice will continue to grind and get to the bottom of this because it's disrupting our country, and we need to do something about it. So earlier, uh, NBC reported that Google confirmed it financially blacklisted two sites known for criticism of the left, Zero Hedge, which is a, a source that I go to. If you don't go to zerohedge.com, it's a, it's a great website, uh, kind of oriented towards gold uh, but uh, and investing in gold, but aside from that, providing great alternative information. And the Federalist. Federalist has a great lineup, uh, including Mo Molly Hemingway, great lineup of commentary. Uh, and uh, so, but they basically do wanted to demonetize the Federalist and Zero Hedge because NBC has attacked them. And uh, again, this just gets back to this basic issue about what are we going to do about uh, uh, about Google and uh, Facebook and these other organizations who receive, as we mentioned before, 230 protection, Section 230 protection which basically says that they're publishing things and they are not held accountable for what's being published on their website, and yet they are actually, uh, they are actually using or, or going around Section 230 and doing exactly what they pledge not to do by uh, eliminating companies like Zero Hedge and uh, The Federalist from uh, being able to publish and monetize their, their uh, organization. It's bad news. We need to get to the bottom of this. Not only that, uh, not only to eliminate this type of, uh, of activity, because they can have huge influence on elections uh, and also on the free speech, we also need to get our protection of uh, privacy as well. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Seton Motley. Seton is the founder and president of Less Government. We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. <laughs> Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network.
For the best in food and drink as well as great live entertainment, go to the Dog Two Sports and Music Bar. Formerly known as Weekend Willie's, the Dog Two Sports and Music Bar has terrific new local owners offering a great new upscale decor and a fabulous new menu. Linda and I are weekly regulars to hear live blues, but you can stop by anytime for great food and drink, to watch your favorite sporting event, or to hear great live entertainment five nights a week. The Dog Two Sports and Music Bar is located at 5310 Shirley Street, just off Pine Ridge Road. And it's open from 11 a.m. until close every day. Visit the website dogtoothnaples.com or call 431-7004. That's 431-7004. I hope we'll see you there. Did you know St. Matthew's House operates the only emergency homeless shelters in Collier County? St. Matthew's House provided more than 500,000 hot meals to those in need last year, and since 2010, 527 men and women have graduated from the St. Matthew's House Justin's Place Addiction Recovery Program. For over 30 years, St. Matthew's House has provided innovative solutions to fight homelessness, hunger, substance abuse, and poverty in Southwest Florida. And you can help St. Matthew's House in this life-transforming work by patronizing the St. Matthew's House Thrift Stores, Cafe M25, Car Wash and Detailing Center, and award-winning catering operations. For more information, visit stmatthewshouse.org. That's stmatthewshouse.org. St. Matthew's House is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization and does not solicit government funding. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. I want to do a little shout out to Lula Bee's Diner located in the Green Tree Shopping Center. Great for breakfast or lunch, but they also do a great job of supporting St. Matthew's House in a big way. And St. Matthew's House, of course, needs contributions and uh, patronization of their uh, businesses. So I hope you'll go to stmatthewshouse.org to find out more. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Ellen Prager. She's a uh, marine scientist. Right now we have with us uh, Seton Motley, the founder and president of Les Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, sir. Seton, uh, tell us about Les Government. Yeah, we exist to reduce the size, scope, and sphere of influence of government, and yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a big market. <laughs> You'll be in business for a while, for sure. I hope so. Yeah, oh, yeah. absolutely. Seton. I so, hope so, but I don't. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be great if the need for your business could go away, but unfortunately, I think it's going to be around for a while. So, say, I'd, like, I'd like to go back to bartending. Um, go ahead. See, <laughs> <Yeah. Seton. laughs> like Sandy, like AOC. Anyhow. Uh, Seton, you wrote a column, and you've been following this. It's really, it's really interesting. Google should Google what fair use actually means. Uh, let's peel the onion a little bit on this and tell our listeners about what's going on. Okay, well, um, let's go through the whole timeline. This is uh, 2007. Uh, there's a company called Sun Microsystems that has created something called Java. You may have seen it. It, it was more front of the. It was more. I'll say front of the house and back of the house. The restaurant term. It was more front of the house, meaning you saw it more often years ago. Like mm -hmm. you know, we're updating your Java. Okay, uh, you know that's fine. Uh, what it is, it's an open source platform. It rather than having everybody building a website write the same code over and over and over again, you can take Java's building block code with. Two requirements from the company. Well, 2007, Sun Microsystems that created Java is purchased by Oracle. Mm -hmm. And, of course, Java comes along with it. Um, and so you can, it, it's open source platform. These things exist, and you can use their code, and the company sets terms on what you need to do to use the code. Mm -hmm. uh, Oracle's very generous with, with uh, Java. You either have to get a life, or you have to either keep what you make with it open too, so they can build upon the build, right? Mm -hmm. Or you get a license from Oracle to use what you're using. Well, Google used 11,500 lines of code from Java to build Android. They're now the number one mobile operating system in the world. Mm -hmm. And they were in negotiations with Oracle for a license, 
and then they just stopped and released Android. <laughs> so I without the license, without the without license. the license, yeah. And I've said, you know, this. So in 2010, this goes back way back then, because as you know, Android's been around for a while. Um, in 2010, Oracle sues Google because, and I've said from the very beginning. Um, the fact that they were negotiating for a license means they knew they need a license. Right. I mean, there's, you know, the fact that they couldn't arrive at terms doesn't mean they, the need for a license goes away. Right. Um, so at the last minute, when they get sued, they try to claim fair use of the code. Well, if you read the, 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 in copyright law what fair use is, it's quite obvious it only applies to the written word. Yes. For example, I, I copied and pasted into my piece the two-sentence definition of what copyright, what, what copyright fair use is. That's me engaging in fair use. I'm using it to either news report or commentate or, you know, there's like three or four code words in, in the statute, right. in, the, in the definition. And, but it's quite obvious it pertains to the written word. It has nothing to do with computer code. Well, see, so here's the thing. Here we are. You, the, uh, the case started 10 years ago, the theft uh, 10 years ago. And right. now it's, it's now, now it's going to the Supreme Court. It's going to the Supreme Court. So 10 years later, just think of all the money on attorney's fees and so forth. Oh, this, is such a, yes. this is such a bogus defense. It's unbelievable, as you're pointing out. And uh, I'm hopeful that the Supreme Court will make the right decision because it's not only important for Oracle. And to get rewarded, I think the, the number is nine million dollars or nine billion dollars. Nine billion. Well, if, and you, if you, if you, I, you know, I, I sort of did a ten thousand foot look at how much money Google's made off of Android because remember their business model is data collection. Yeah. So the more stuff you do in Google's on Google's platforms, the more data they collect. And the Android's been around for ten years, a decade. So do, you know, or give or take. Uh, you know, you, first of all, you figure the, the hardware costs, you know, buying the Google phones. Um, but then l orders of magnitude more than that is the data right. that they collect. You're doing everything you do mobily in front of Google. Right. So that amount of data is – so I said conservatively they made a trillion dollars. I think Oracle should get $9 billion, which is for what they're asking. Right, and uh, I think the Supreme Court's going to go ahead and support Oracle on this, but you never well, know. Well, you never know. I mean, you just had Gorsuch make up all kinds of crap, and Gorsuch and Roberts make up all kinds of crap. You never know. You never know, indeed. So, hey, before I let you go, though, uh, this, it's also interesting to me that uh, Google has decided to uh, demonetize two sites – Zero uh, hedge and federal than the federalists. They just get worse and worse. They get more. You know, I've been. You know, you and I have been talking about this for years now. I said Section Two Thirty is a problem, and they're just getting more and more brazen. You know, if you don't stop them, it's like the, it's like the looters. If you don't stop them, they just get more and more brazen. And you know, look at the timeline of the of the of the of the of the, of the shutdown. New York NBC News. Mm -hmm. works with two hardcore left-wing British groups mm -hmm. colluding to then make the charge to Google that the, 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 the Federalist and Zero Hedge are hate sites or whatever. Right. Um, then it comes out that they're doing this to Zero Hedge and, and uh, Federalist. So they say, what articles are you talking about? And they go, oh, well, it's not the articles, it's the comments. Well, that's part of the whole defense of Section 230, is you're not responsible for the comments. Right. Which just goes to show you, you know, it's this, it's this liability-free for me, but not for thee. Yeah, so th this is, but here's the thing that concerns me. I mean, it, th this is bad, but it's bringing attention to just how powerful Google and these other uh, websites like uh, Facebook... Well, they're, they're monopolies. They're monopolies. 91.54% of searches in the U.S. online are done on Google. Yeah, so well, what are they, how, how impactful could this be on election results? How, how impactful... Oh, they talk, this guy talked about it in 2016. He's a Hillary Clinton voter, but he's an online data cruncher. And he said it's probably more than a million votes.
And that was in 2016. Yeah. And now you've got Google executives on secretly captured video saying, we're not going to let what happened in 2016 happen in 2020. Yeah. So uh, Trump kind of snuck up on them. They still warped more than a million votes, and now they're really going to put their shoulder into it. Yeah, and here's the thing. I mean, you're talking about 58 million votes. Uh, what was the dis uh, well, actually? Oh, there were, in some of the states that, that, that uh, Trump surprised and won were like 20,000, 50,000. Yeah. Yep. Um, so yeah, it, I mean, it's it's not it's a a whisker in several of the states that won in the election. So it's 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 not only the votes that they can influence, but also the minds of people, and the, it's it's actually warping. It's like our public schools. Just, just one of my favorite examples in the 2016 race, a guy did a report. Remember, in the middle of 2016, where it looked like Hillary should get indicted for the 33,000 emails yeah. she just deleted that were under subpoena. If you typed in on Google, Hillary Clinton IND, the suggestions from Google were India and Indiana, not indicted. No. <laughs> so, and then you go to their own Google Trends. You know, they have, they have Google Trends where you can look and see what's trending yeah. on their searches. Yeah. Indiana and India weren't trending. Hillary Clinton, Indiana was not trending. Hillary Clinton, India was not trending, and yet that was the, those were the suggestions Google made to the to the to the user. Unbelievable. Well, uh, incidentally, a little shout out to Judicial Watch. Uh, they've now yes. they've now done uh, Judicial and Tom Fitton have uh, now they're finally getting a day in court with Hillary Clinton. She's got to appear now, and I don't think anybody's talking about this, but this is a big deal. I just really want to do a they're shout not out. Not talking about it because she's about to appear in court. That's why. That's exactly <laughs> right. Uh, you know, Seton, I always appreciate your commentary so much. I'm going to encourage our listeners to go to your website, uh, lessgovernment.org. Lessgovernment.org. You can also visit Less Government on Facebook. Seton, always a pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, sir. My pleasure indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Ellen Prager. She is an author. I've had, Years ago, I had her on the show. Uh, she had written a book called Oceans. She's now rich, uh, written a book called Dangerous Earth, and uh, she is a, a marine scientist. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. <laughs> Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you or a family member suffer from chronic pain in your knees, hips, or shoulders? Joint pain can be a nagging and serious problem requiring expert and compassionate care. I know I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. Until 2006, I was suffering debilitating pain and deformity in my knees. I couldn't enjoy biking or golf or even sleep without chronic pain as a constant companion. Thanks to Dr. George Markovich and the professional staff at the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, my pain is gone, and I'm back to doing the activities I enjoy with no pain. I have a lifestyle I can only imagine. Imagine prior to knee surgery, and you can too. Call the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. They will thoroughly evaluate your condition, provide personalized, state-of-the-art treatment, and help you relieve your pain and get back to your active lifestyle. At the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, your care will be professionally managed through every phase of your recovery. For an initial consultation, call the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, located off Tamiami Trail in Bonita Springs at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. You listen to The Bob Harden Show, so why not market your company to our loyal listeners? Ads are played live on each show and then archived so listeners can hear the show and your ad at their convenience. Each advertising package includes a banner on BobHarden.com with a link to your website at no extra charge. Join Lulabee's Diner, Johnson's Air Conditioning, Blue Provence, and many others who advertise on the show. Call me at 598-3889, that's 598-3889, or send an email to BobHarden at Hotmail.com to design an ad program that's just right for your business and your budget. You'll be pleasantly surprised at the cost and the value. Several advertisers have been with me for years. Find out why by calling 598-389 or send me an email to bobharden at hotmail.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host... Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, bringing you 
professional New York-style theater at its very best. You can get tickets now by visiting the website, golfshoreplayhouse.org. We have with us Ellen Prager, as I mentioned before the break. She's a, a marine scientist uh, and a very talented one. She's also the author of a couple of books. Her latest is Dangerous Earth. She's also written a book called Oceans, which uh, we talked about so many times on the show before. So interesting. Ellen, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. It's, it's so nice to be here. Thank you, Ellen. And by the way, I've I purchased uh, Dangerous Earth. I'm reading it now. Just It's really, uh, I'm going to say, you make science come alive and you make it so interesting. And so we'll just acknowledge you for that. Oh, thank you so much. I, I really appreciate that. You know, one of the things I think it's really important is that we take the time to make science easy to understand, uh, relevant to people, and, dare I say at times, even entertaining. Yeah, <laughs> and you do a good job of that. So I would like Thank to you. talk about your first book, Oceans, if I may. Uh, a couple things, of course, that concern us here on the Gulf of Mexico is red tide. And I wonder if you could clarify that. I think there's a lot of myths and <laughs> about what's going on with red tide. Maybe you could help us understand what's going on. Sure, sure. Yeah, I know I've been involved with the whole situation with Red Tide for a couple of years now, at least. And, um, yeah, I know it's, it's really frustrating for, for your, your audience there in, in Naples and, and in the surrounding area in southwest Florida. So Red Tide, we know, is a natural phenomenon that's been going on for hundreds of years. And it starts out in the Gulf of Mexico where you have just a, you know, kind of the perfect storm scenario where you have a bunch of conditions come together and you get a boom of Crinia uh, brevis, which is the, the dinoflagellate, what we think of as an algae. And then what happens is that it appears currents bring it onto shore. Mm. So it starts, it appears it starts out in the Gulf of Mexico, and then it comes onto shore, and that's when we see all the problems with the fish kills, uh, even humanities and dolphins. And, and of course, when it gets broken, the, the algae gets broken up in the waves, the toxin in the red tide gets blown onto shore, and that's when people have coughing issues and yeah. all that. And, and, you know, the issue is not now that we know it starts naturally. The big question now, and we think we know, is that nutrients or pollution coming off the land can feed red tide, so making them last longer and be worse. Hmm. So uh, just clarifying question, is, is this phenomenon only in the Gulf of Mexico, or does it appear in other parts of the world? No, we have, there's red tide, or we now, we, call, we now call red tide something called a harmful algal bloom, and sometimes people refer to it as halves. And they happen all across the world. They're usually different species mm-hmm. of algae. We only call them harmful algal blooms typically when there's a toxin, that, that type of algae happens to have a toxin in cells, or they can um, create a hypoxic zone, you know, a dead zone where there's very low oxygen. But this type of, of, of red tide has a, a toxin in its system, and they do occur in other places of the world as well. So interesting. Well, it really creates havoc here. So it's a natural phenomenon. There's nothing we could do to get rid of it, really. But uh, it could be exacerbated by uh, runoff from uh, right. the, from uh, farming and that type of thing. Uh, the other topic right. I wanted to talk to you about was uh, the, the dead zone in the Gulf of Mexico, which is so interesting. And apparently, is that growing, the dead zone? Well, that occurs every summer, essentially. The warm water... Uh, it's the conditions that really set it off because it makes it makes the water column what we call stratified. It doesn't mix because during the summer you get warm water on top and cold water on bottom without a lot of wind to mix it up. So it's very stable. And then what happens is the runoff coming from the Mississippi River is full of fertilizer, excess nitrogen and phosphorus, mostly nitrogen in this case, and that causes acts like fertilizer in the ocean, causes algae to bloom. And then it sinks to the bottom, and what happens is bacteria using it up use up the oxygen. And if you can't mix oxygen from the surface in, then what happens is you deplete the oxygen at the bottom, and that's when you get a dead zone. And every year, we, we actually now, NOAA is able to forecast how large it's going to be, and it, it actually varies from year to year. So I wouldn't say that it's progressively growing, mm-hmm. but one of the concerns now is that when we have these very... Um, heavy rainfalls or, or long rainfall events with more extreme storms due to climate change, then you would expect then the dead zones 
to grow bigger because you're bringing more of those nutrients into the ocean. So that's a real concern with these prolonged rain events. So, uh, Ellen, uh, the, if I understand correctly, the dead zone, what dead zone means is basically there's no life, uh, there's no fish, there's no marine life well, in the dead zone. What it means, when we say a dead zone, what we mean is that it's a, a hypoxic or low oxygen zone. Mm -hmm. So, what fish and other things can often swim away when the oxygen starts to get low. But anything that's on the bottom, attached to the bottom, or, or very slow, can't get out of that zone and they die. So those things can't live there. Hopefully the fish are able to get out of there before that. But, you know, shellfish, shrimp, sponges, anything that can't really get out of that area and needs oxygen, that's what dies. So interesting. Ellen, and before I let you go, I do want you to highlight, I'm operating from memory now, but if I'm not mistaken, you spent several <laughs> days, a month, underwater. Tell us about the, that, uh, that experience. Yeah, I have twice now. I've lived underwater at the Aquarius Reef base off of Key Largo, Florida. It's about three and a half miles offshore, and I've stayed. We lived underwater in a habitat to study the coral reefs and do experiments and do some education. It was a fantastic experience. And so you, you live inside the habitat, but you actually use scuba tanks to go out, and it, it allows you to work six to nine hours a day down to 100 feet on scuba tanks. And then you sleep and eat and do communications inside the undersea lab, which you know, I loved it. I, I thought it was fantastic experience. Wow. So how many days were you in the, in the lab? Um, one, one mission I did was about a week, and one mission was two weeks. Wow, that's just unbelievable. So the, <laughs> the one thing I've learned from uh, Ellen in, in my memory and uh, talking about oceans in your book is how little we know about the, you know, we, we explore outer space, we're exploring a number of things, but the ocean is in, in many ways a mystery. It is. There's so much we don't know about the ocean, partly because we can't see it directly. It's a very hostile place for us to go. You know, most of the ocean is deep, dark, cold, high pressure. We actually know more about the moon and, and probably even Mars than we do about our very own oceans that are so important to supporting life on the planet. It's really, it's really kind of shameful, in fact, that we don't know more. We haven't explored more about the ocean. Um, you know, hopefully in the years to come, people will realize how important the ocean is to us, and we'll start doing more there. All right. Well, the two books, of course, Oceans, uh, Ellen Prager's uh, book, uh, Oceans, and also Dangerous Earth. Uh, do you have a website, or is it, uh, how should we go about getting the book? You know, I think to see any of my books, the best thing is you can go online on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, any bookshop, um, any indie bookshop online. Or your local bookstore, and if they're not there, you can always ask them, and they can order them. All of those ways. Work. Well, I got my copies by just going to my, you know, I have one of those online book things uh, to Apple, and I was able to buy the book. I just did a search on Dangerous Earth. Up came Ellen Prager's book, and I was able to purchase it, and uh, uh, reading it right now. So it's a great reader. Oh, well, yeah, well, thanks so much. Yeah, just, you know, search Ellen Prager books and you'll find all of them out there. Outstanding. Well, great. Ellen, it was great to have you on the show. I genuinely appreciate you coming on. Thanks so much for joining us. Sure. Thank you so much and take care. You as well. Thank you, Ellen. Uh, he is a good writer. Just uh, really brings things alive. I don't necessarily agree with this this climate change business, but irrespective, you know, my my point of view is, climate change is uh, uh, a political movement, it, uh, uh, and carbon dioxide is plant food. And uh, the more it's a trace element actually in our environment. Actually, there's more nitrogen by far than there's carbon dioxide. It's a trace element, and yes, it is increasing in terms of the amount of carbon dioxide we have in our environment. But it's actually feeding, making our, our Earth greener. It's not harmful at all. It's got nothing to do with creating more uh, our hotter Earth or anything like that. But uh, you know, I think Ellen agrees or disagrees with me on that. She is a scientist, and I certainly defer to her. But I, I um, in, after talking with Professor Larry Bell at the University of Houston, his books, I've come to, uh, that's, that's been my uh, belief system right now. So the interesting thing about science is science is all about uh, refuting what we think we know. The scientific method says, let's, uh, here's the hypothesis, let's uh, disprove it or prove it. 
And, uh, we, you know, so scientists some disagree about some of this stuff. Some of it, though, is so politicized. Well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I genuinely appreciate you coming on. If you have a comment, you can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com. You can also request a copy of the uh, summary of the show that I write every day and send out to um, subscribers. So, again, bobharden at hotmail.com. Hope you join us tomorrow. We're going to visit with Senator Rick Scott. Is going to be on the show tomorrow. Looking forward to that. Our former governor and now Senator Rick Scott will be joining us. William Yateman, who's a research fellow at the Cato Institute, will be joining us. Sharon Kenny, the author of Where Should We Eat? And Dave Bigo, the author of The Devil at Our Doorstep, uh, will be with us as well. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Thanks so much for listening to The Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com. <laughs>